what's the hook with Diane and Andy. Ooh, ooh, Andy, we sound echoey today. Uh-oh. We're in Andy's, uh, we're in Andy's new bunker, which I like very, very much, by the way. He's in the heart of Hollywood, and he has spectacular views. That's all I'm going to say, because I, I don't want to reveal the undisclosed location. <laughs> You're like Dick Cheney now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm so secretive. Um, yeah, and, hopefully and, we're not. I don't think we're too echoey. Hopefully we're not okay. too echoey. All right, well, we can check later. Yeah. Um, Andy and I were just talking about how the SAG after strike continues because the AMPTP will not come back to the table to negotiate. George Clooney and some other A-list stars were... Um, offering to help defray the healthcare insurance costs. And Fran Drescher kind of posted a message on social media platforms of why that wouldn't really help things. And while I really think it's a good thing whenever any of SAG membership, you know, they've been, the solidarity is still continuing. It's still amazing. Writers are still out on the strike lines with actors. Um, I think what Clooney and the rest of them were trying to do is not necessarily settle the whole deal. I think they were trying to help jumpstart negotiations again to get, you know, the AMPTP back to, back to the table. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't appear that that's going to work. <laughs> unfortunately. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And Fran Drescher again, did a very specific message like, and she posted on IG and on TikTok. Um, to try to just tell people, like update people with what's going on. So, you know, solidarity for the actors, as they say in all their posts, one day longer, one day stronger. But the AMPT has to come back to the table. Look, concessions are going to have to be made. They are going to have to give up some money. And we know they don't want to do it, but everybody deserves to be paid. And that's pretty much where my head's at on it. Yeah, I mean, and the streamers are like Netflix put out its um, earnings yesterday right. and, and they're so happy with themselves because they saved a lot of money in production costs that they're now because of the strike, because of the strike and not not being able to make content. They saved four billion dollars and they're and you know, and of course, they're um, doing stock buybacks to just you know reward the investors. So they're very proud of themselves right now. And I think that will catch up to them because I think there will be a lack of good content and there is so much competition among these streamers that I, and, and Netflix had the gall to raise its prices again. Right. So that now to get 4K, which is available on every TV sold for the last five years, you have to pay extra. So they're the only one that charges Still, extra wow. for that. Well, now it's up to $23 on that Oof. premium plan. That's a hit. So I, you know, I value the freaking content, you know, the, the quality of the content and I want to see it in 4k, but I'm not going to pay $23 it's just for money. the privilege to do so. So I downgraded. I think Disney plus also might've had a little bit of a price boost as well. They, it'll, they had a big price boost, right? But they were so low to begin with. It'll be interesting to watch the Disney plus Hulu thing as they figure out what will be on Hulu, what will be on Disney Plus, and how the two universes kind of meld. I yeah. Don't, I don't want Hulu to go away because Hulu does a lot of oh, good I originals. Love and they also have a lot of good, a library of older shows. And I don't want that sort of thing to go away. I oh, think I don't think, I think yeah. there's a lot of value to that. So. Oh, I can't imagine Hulu going away. I think they're... I, I hope I hope, I hope, hope that's true. Yeah. Um. I continue to watch the news and the current events uh, about Israel and about the Palestinians, and I I can't go into depth on it because I will literally start crying. Yeah. So my my 
all you know you pray for peace that's all you can do is pray for peace and it's uh i i kind of do a few news check-ins per day and that's pretty much all i can bear in in tandem with social media yeah um i will say in another part of current events, I've taken great delight at watching Jim Jordan be humiliated oh now three times <laughs> as he tries to be Speaker of the House of Representatives. It makes me giggle to no end. And if we weren't threatened with a looming government shutdown, that might be my favorite Groundhog Day episode. Just watching him be humiliated time and time again. And he keeps losing votes. It's like more of your friends are just saying, no, we don't like you. Like, yeah. no, you can't sit with us. Well, and it's just there. There's no leadership. There's no unity in the Republican Party. They they just it, it's they're a mess. it's just they're a hot chaos. Mess. And and that's the last thing our government needs right now. What I do enjoy watching is the number of votes for Hakeem Jeffries keeps ticking oh, up I love ever that. so slowly. Yeah, and he is about seven votes away today. This morning he was seven votes away. He was at two ten, not two seventeen. I was like, well, can't you like? get seven other people to like vote for you just like seven moderate republicans that are just over it (laughs) (laughs) slip them a note in like study hall are you aren't you just over this come on just vote for me check this box anyway in lighter news bad bunny who's one of the hottest things going is gonna host and be the musical guest on saturday night live this saturday which i think will be a lot of fun um, and will be mucho caliente, to say it in, in his native language. Um, he's just incredibly talented. What, he's dating uh, Kylie Jenner? Ken- Kendall, I think. No, I think he's dating Kylie. I- I'm probably wrong. <laughs> okay. He's dating Kylie. Really, yeah. yeah. And they did like a Gucci ad together. And um, he's, uh, he's just, this is, he's going to have more than 15 minutes. He's that talented. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm looking forward to seeing that show uh, because the Pete Davidson episode was really good. And that sketch where he did I'm Just Pete to the tune of I'm Just Ken, you know, that that video went viral as well as his kind of heartfelt opening about current events and, you know, his experience when he lost his dad in 9-11. Oh, gosh, yeah. It was really, really lovely. But, um, you know, good to have SNL back. It's just good to have late night back. I like a lot of late night stuff. Oh, I need to give a shout out to Kelly Clarkson because this was very random. I caught the Kelly Clarkson show yesterday and Alanis Morissette was on for the hour and Kelly did her songs and stories thing, which is where she talks to one artist about their work for an hour and then they sing some of their songs. Oh, wow. Okay. And Kelly Clarkson is a major Alanis Morissette stan. Andy, this is one of the best hours of daytime television I've seen in a while. Okay. Wow. fantastic i recommend go to the kelly clarkson show's youtube channel and just watch the entire thing it's so good cool it's so good um onto some scripted things or no not scripted oh no some andy and I, andy, we documentary just things a very good documentary by alexandra pelosi who has really distinguished herself as a very good documentarian her latest the insurrectionist next door uh, aired, it's airing on HBO and streaming on HBO Max. Or hey, Max, I'm, when am I going to train myself to say Max, Max, <laughs> Max, Max, Max? Um, Andy, we both like this, right? I Sorry, I'm like trying Andy's to... Andy's wrangling his pup. Trying to get my dog to stop tap dancing on the floor. 
He, is, he, he decides to get real busy when we start recording. It's the truth. That's <laughs> Um, I loved this documentary. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know much about it, um, other than you had put it on the document. Me. And was I, me saying, Andy, Andy, you gotta watch this. Yeah, she put it on the on our on our our planning document. I said, oh, I got, I better watch something else so we have more to talk about tomorrow. <laughs> anyway, I just it was amazing. I thought it was going to be a series. So, um, so I was a little disappointed when it was over. I was like, dang, I could do a lot more of this, but it was, it's just a fascinating look. She, and she's got such a disarming personality. So she was able to go and meet with several of the people that have been either, most of them have been accused. Some of them have been sentenced already. Some of them have already been in jail. People who were arrested at the January 6th, uh, what are we calling it? Oh, the coup, the the insurrection. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's what we're calling it. And um, in, in case you don't know, Alexandra Pelosi is the daughter of Nancy Pelosi. So she, of course, is automatically hated by many people. Yeah, but, but that's, that's what's so cool about it is that she's able to disarm them and she's very yes. funny. And, these, and some of these people Agreed. like hate her mother. Like her mother's like enemy number two, maybe after Biden for a lot of it's these people. The and the other important thing is that I think this all began because she was with her mother at the Capitol on January 6th. She was in the middle of that madness with her mother when these nut jobs were running through the cap, busting into the Capitol and like demanding to see her mother. People who said they wanted to kill her mother, yeah. hurt her mother. I can't even imagine like the, the fear. And she had her teenage son with her that day. Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah. And it, she said it was her teenage son who said, I think they're getting in the building. Yeah. So, oh. but everything, everything you said about this documentary is correct. She does have a great sense of humor about it. She does ask a lot of these people why they did what they did. And Andy, I think you came to a very interesting conclusion about a lot of these people. I'm going to let you share that. Oh God, do I have to say it? Yeah, I mean, I, you I, do. I, I don't mean, okay, I'm going to say it, but first of all, I think she also humanizes these people. I would agree. She treats them as most of them. There's a couple that come off as real psychopaths, but the, most of them come across as people that thought they were doing something that were part of something bigger. They thought they were part of a cause. They weren't out to necessarily like cause mass destruction or I mean, they, or they just got caught up in the moment. So anyway, that I do. A bunch of them got caught up in the moment. Caught up in the moment. I, I mean, I just said it's like, these people just seem very uneducated. I boy. And I would say that's the understatement. Yeah. Like they're not able to parse the information that's coming at them from different sources. They're not, you know, smart news viewers who know to like get things from multiple sources. They like, they they like listen to the innuendo that Trump's constantly putting out. And the influence of things like Fox news. Yeah. People who only watch Fox news or OAN or worse, you know? Yeah. They're only getting one point of view and it's not always based in fact. And Trump's big on innuendo. Very much. So he will throw out a loose idea that's not bad enough to be like actually, you know, to be actionable where it's like, it's, you know, it, I mean, it, it's like he just kind of like lets, he leads people to these, these ideas and these, um, and then ultimately into these actions that they, they took that day. Yeah. Like the, there was some really interesting characters though, like the brother, sister 
Oh my, and the brother who literally seemed like the most willing, gullible Poor dude I mean, ever. I was like, I just want to hug him. I'm like, you, you, your sister's a psychopath and she took advantage of you. He said he's been, he, he was. He just thought they were taking a road trip. He yeah, said he's, he grew trip. up in special education. He's like, I'm not a smart person. And, and Alexander Pelosi kept trying to say, don't you think your sister took advantage of you and like manipulated you? And he's like, oh, she wouldn't do that. And he was very protective of his sister. Yeah. Very yeah. protective. Like he would do anything for her. He didn't want her to be hurt or anything like that. And but then she was lying. Like she was telling weird lies. Like when. And she's pregnant. She's looking at a jail sentence and she's pregnant. Yeah, that's right. He's like, oh, twist. Yeah. And you could also tell a lot of them have been coached because they're saying, we didn't know what the Proud Boys even were. Like, yeah. And you can just. Oh, that's interesting. I, I thought some I of this, some of coaching. this is coaching from lawyers to, to, you know, just try to like be like, oh, we just got caught up in the moment that day rather than we went to Washington, D.C. So anyway, it's a really interesting, like, look at these personalities. Yeah. There's another guy that she talks to. And he's on like house arrest and he like drives a Tesla and he's allowed to go out to like get his prescription medication or whatever. And you find out he's on prescription testosterone cause he has low T and he says, when she asked him why he went to the Capitol, he says something like that his girlfriend broke up with him. But then you find out the girlfriend was a prostitute and he was upset about that. And then he like gets very teary. He's like, all I want is a family and I just want to settle down. Yeah. And I was like, oh, did you think you were going to meet someone nice at the insurrection and bring them home to mom? I mean, like kind of a lot, just a lost soul. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He said he had been in porn. Soul. Like he just was never in a good house. Which she did a great follow up. She goes, how much did you make in porn? And he Not says nothing. Not much. Yeah. He says nothing. And I was like, <laughs> that tracks. Yeah. So just kind of lost souls. Um, the guy, the last guy she interviews is the worst. He's like dressed like Trump kind of. And he. Um, oh, he that guy who's talking out of both sides of his mouth. I can't remember his name, but I oh, my either. God, she goes. He says at the end, like, you're not going to make me look like a fool on TV, are you? And she goes, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, and he, she, get, he gets it. He goes, oh, am I making myself look like one? And then, yeah, basically, yes. Anyway, that's The Insurrectionist Next Door, now streaming on Max, and you'll find it airing on HBO Linear, uh, if you have that. Um, I wanted to skip over to Netflix to talk about Fair Game, which is one of their original movies starring Phoebe Dynavor, who was so good in the first season of Bridgerton, and Alden Ehrenreich, who has sort of been this, this actor who's like, Everyone in the industry knows who he is, but it's like the public doesn't quite know, doesn't seem to know who he is. And I wanted to see it because I think they're both really good actors. But boy, oh boy, the writing of this movie just really cut it, it cut it short for me. I think mm. it had a lot of good ideas brewing in it about male-female dynamics in the workplace because both of them are working in a, uh, in a, like a venture capital place so it's a very cutthroat financial company and she starts she's they're both analysts and she gets promoted but he doesn't and they're together as a couple but no one knows it's on the down low because they don't want anyone at work to know so they haven't told anyone and then he proposes to her so they're engaged and then she gets promoted and all hell starts to break loose. And that's also when the whole movie just starts to unravel. And like I said, I think there's interesting ideas 
about what happens in a couple because you know because power dynamics are hard enough between yeah. men and women. Yeah. But you gradually see that even though he says it doesn't bother him, right? It bothers. Well, him. and and it's in finance, right? So it's a very yes. it's a very male ego driven world to begin with. So yes. yeah, yeah. Um, it, I think it had a lot of potential, but it just didn't live up to it and that makes me sad because yeah. again there's you know rich summers in it uh who was so good on mad men and in minx um and then um one of the actors from uh ray donovan was in it who played one of the brothers you know some very very good actors in this but it just ugh, did not fulfill its potential but if that sounds like your sort of jam that's fair game on netflix uh andy i know you didn't watch the love is blind reunion <laughs> i did not but I have to do it because the season was so nuts. So here are some quick passing remarks. The reunion was hella boring. <laughs> I can't believe how boring it was. And I can't believe that Nick and Vanessa Lachey have not been replaced as the hosts yet. Because their hosting skills, instead of getting better, they're just getting worse. Oh, no. Uh, it's bad. Like, people are starting petitions, Andy. They want them replaced. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Um, in happier finale news, the the Roni, the Real Housewives of New York season finale aired. So that reunion is coming, I think, tomorrow night. Uh, or excuse me, Sunday night. And that's sure to be good because this was a feisty group of ladies. I have predictions, but since Andy doesn't watch, I'm going to save those. <laughs> and what else? Oh, and oh. Andy, I'm going to need you to do some recon because oh. I heard that there's a big Bravo expose about the Real Housewives <gasps> franchise coming Ooh. in Vanity Fair. And oh, I'm gosh. dying to know who's writing it. Oh. Because I know it'll be a top tier pop culture writer. Brian Moylan doesn't write for Vanity no, 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 no. Richard Lawson, his, his like, ex Gawker compatriot. Oh, that's right. Writes, Maybe it's Richard Lawson. It could be Richard Lawson. That's a great. Okay. Anyway, yeah. we'll talk more about that Ooh, after. Okay. Um, we were going to talk, Andy, of course, reminds me how close we are to Halloween. Yes, we are. 12, 11 days. Andy loves the spooky, loves the scary. I do. I'm a wuss. So, Andy, <laughs> what are you watching in the run-up to Halloween? Well, it's interesting. Like, you know, and you were mentioning that each of the streaming services has, like, their own little Halloween content. area. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I haven't found a lot of new content this year. Um, oh, except for Shining Veil. Vale. That well, it's it's it just That's it's season two, it's of season show two just just um, started to air. So I caught up on Shining Veil, vale, which is the Courtney Cox or what? Courtney Cox, Cor- not, our, Greg, not our not our cat, just Courtney and Greg Cox, Kinnear, Greg Kinnear, Mira Sorvino. Yeah, really cool cast. What do you think of season two? How is it? Well, I, okay, first of all, like I had just I hadn't watched season one yet, so I watched that. Um, it's 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 interesting. It's very jarring. Like it's. It's um, it basically it's, like they move to, you know, it's like the typical thing. They leave the, the big city to try to, like, rekindle their relationship. And so they move into an old spooky house that they got for a really good deal. It's like all, you know, all the tropes. Um, and then things start to go awry. And, and that's why there are tropes. I know. And bring them on. I'm all about it. Um, and, and then, yeah, then Mira Servino starts appearing to her as a ghost. And is Courtney Cox's character still trying to write a book? She's written the book, I oh, believe. Okay. Yes, after season one, she's now out of the. <laughs> she was put into a into a mental hospital, but she's now out of the mental I hospital. I hate when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> 
you know, they have the acerbic teenagers. This is uh, that that just kind of are like you know over everything. Um, it's it's a good show. The, my my big takeaway is that it has the most insane like uh, like sound design that's like whiplash and very loud and jarring. And so it's like it's not really a scary show, but they're constantly like doing these sound effects that I are like that very, very intense. It's very uh, the the show is very nerve jangling. Yeah. So that's like the thing I don't like about it the most, but it is fun. If you're just looking for some like kind of, um, you know, light Halloween spooky entertainment, you could do worse than Shining Veil. Okay. That's on stars. And, uh, you know, if you, uh, I know if you subscribe to some other services, you can pay an additional fee and get stars. I think stars might also be running a discounted special right now, like for the first two months or something. If you want to watch, I just want to chime in and remind people of the fall of the house of Usher on Netflix because man, I finished it, first of all. It's like eight episodes. I think it is just, I think Mike Flanagan and, and that whole team of writers just did a phenomenal job using the work of Edgar Allan Poe as the basis like for these stories. I also think the company of actors, I really like that Mike Flanagan has his own like repertory company of actors yeah. that he likes to use, like yeah. Ryan Murphy does, like Martin Scorsese does. Yes. And... I think this, it, it's just one of the, I think it's one of the best series I've watched this year. Yeah. I will go that far and it's not my usual type of fare, but it's, it, ha it also happens to be perfect for Halloween season. Oh, it's perfect. Well, and I feel like the, it, it, it require, it does require close watching, especially yes. at the end because so much is revealed about yes. the family's history at the end. That's really, I think it's all along because you keep, they keep going back to some earlier that's days. That's true. That is true. Like yeah. in every episode, you'll usually see a flashback to Roderick and his sister. Yes. When they were younger. Yes, and the sister. But it's done very well. Plays and quite a pivotal role in the whole thing. And what's great is it's not disjointed. They do it so well that it's very fluid and it really informs what you're watching. It really pulls you in. Just, oh, I God, I love that series. Yeah. So. Just, yeah. Just a few others that um, I recommend yes. this time of year. These are not new. These have been around, um, but are just really fun, good shows uh, for the Halloween season. Um, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Oh, my gosh, I've talked yes. about this many times. Um, you know, Karen and Shipka stars as Sabrina. This is the most, it is funny. It is just spooky. It's the, the design is like just delicious. Um, it's a, it's a fun, fun show. I cannot totally. rec recommend it enough. Um, the aunties, um, played by, I'm not going to be able to remember their names, but they're fantastic. Um, so anyway, that's one of my favorite shows of all time. I rewatched, uh, the new AMC series. Well, it came out last year, I believe. Yes. Interview with the Vampire. Oh, right. So right. I rewatched that this week and just Beautiful. Got, the New loved Orleans it. setting. Even, even the New Orleans setting, the acting. The design, again, just a really gorgeous looking show, but also really well acted, um, f well written enough. <laughs> like, you know, it's good enough. <laughs> and it had hot guys. And so it, they had Andy oh. and Hello. And yes, yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> so I, I really liked that one. I'm really excited about um, the next season, although it hasn't even been filmed yet. Um, I'm still trying to get through Discovery of Witches, which is uh, all. I did not watch that. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a it's a little bit like of a J Crew witch show. It's like everything's very stylish <laughs> and very like color coordinated with these blues that pop to match the actress's eyes. Show. Oh, it's like very like it's very chic. 
Um, it's very boring, also like J. Crew. So I have a hard time getting through it, and I can watch anything like this. And so it's more of a background show for me. Just, ah, yeah. okay. Which is in vampires fighting. I know it's what based you mean on when a, you say that. Okay. It's based on a very popular series of books, and then of course True Blood. Oh, a perfect recommendation. A perfect for Halloween recommendation. Season. Just one of my favorite series of all time, only up until season four, when I believe it goes off the rails after that. But that's just pretty off the rails, even in its best episodes. That is true. But that's part of its appeal that is, is that it's so off the rails. The thing with it for me is that it goes from being kind of a like a lot about a gothic romance and the small town characters just intermingling and like spooky things happening and vampires. And then it becomes like more and more types of creatures start to emerge. And then it's a lot of fighting and action yeah. and fights. And I don't give a frick about the fights and the big action sequences. And that's kind of where it loses well, people me. People also love the Bill and Sookie love story. Oh my God. That yeah. was just a huge Oh, they are. Like, I mean, the they're married in real life. That is how good the on-screen right, chemistry was. And they're still married. They're still married, wow. and they are great to follow on Instagram. They are like they're adorable. So they, I yeah, love that. yeah. The show did not end with them being together. Um, I think at the very end, which I have never watched the last season, they put her with a character who they never show his face. So it's like some new person. So huh. she had all these amazing suitors. She had Joe uh, Manganiello and right. um, just so many and Sam. I can't remember his name, but anyway, so many great guys that she that were always after her throughout the series. And in the end, they were like, "Eh, we'll just like put some nameless, faceless person." I also finally think of True Blood as the show where Alexander Skarsgård really. Oh, him, grew of up. course, yeah. And he became a real part of the HBO family, you know, because then he was in. Big Little Lies. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, he was so good in succession, you know, uh, in, in the final season, two final seasons. So, you know, thank you. Thank you, HBO, for that very special <laughs> gift. Um, I also, um, Hulu, of course, has Huluween, and they have a four-episode event for American Horror Stories. And I think those are starting to air this coming week. I, of course, I'll be tuned. I know there's one of them that Lisa Rinner's in, so I'm not sure which one, but I'll be watching for that. Did you watch the finale of American Horror Story Delicate? Because I have it recorded. Wait, finale? Yeah. That's the finale already? Yeah, evidently. I haven't finished it yet. Um, it. Wow, I did not know that. I think it is. I, I watched Did I mishear that? Well, I don't know. We'll double check. Okay. Because um, it's only been like four or five episodes. I think it might be a shorter season. Or I think there might be two parts to it. Anyway, we'll find out for sure. Okay. Um, I, I watched part of it last night before I okay. fell asleep, but I just a, had to did say... Did she have a demon baby? Oh, I'm pretty sure she's going to. I can't remember if it happened yet. Um, it's kind of boring, but the note that I wrote last night was Kim Kardashian playing a villain is she's, she's so fabulous. good. She's so good. She's at it. so good. And she plays a very hardcore publicist. Cause the further along the show goes, the more villainous she becomes and the more she just like eats the role up. It's very fun. It's very camp. I'm, I'm totally into it. See, it's good. She knows to lean in. Yeah. Good yeah. for her. Meanwhile, poor Emma Roberts is just given this thankless role in this season of this, you know, tortured, mentally tortured, physically. I mean, she's just going through all this stuff and, and she can't win. And she's also pregnant and her husband's creepy and it's just awful. I'm like, this is not a fun thing to watch. The lesson that you take away, don't be an actress, kids. <laughs> yeah. Kidding. Kidding. Sort of. Um, I've been watching uh, also to distract myself. I rewatched the first seasons of HBO's The Gilded Age and Julia. And I have to say, 
upon rewatching. First of all, the Gilded Age, you literally just sort of feel mentally drunk looking at the visual beauty of this series. Yes, yes. The wardrobe is absolutely astounding. The artisans that work on this show, you know, Sonia Warfield and Julian Julian Fellows is the creator, Mr. Downton Abbey. And then he works with Sonia Warfield and some other writers. And it is just, it's a beautifully written show. It has the incredible Carrie Coon and Morgan Spector, Christine Baranski, Cynthia Nixon. The entire cast is superb. I, I just, I love the show so much. And some people say, well, there's really not much there. But honestly, when you watch the show and you see how Carrie Coon's character is so concerned with her social status and position in, in New York society in this time period, it feels very relevant. Hmm. It feels very much how people perceive their positions even today. And season two continues that storyline. That's all I'm going to say when right now. When does season two come out? October 29th. Okay, I'm going to rewatch the first season as well because I really I really enjoyed it. It's gorgeous. But I want to go back and... I liked it even more watching it the yeah, second time. Yeah, re- remember everything about I it. I also rewatched Julia, which is uh, stars Sarah Lancashire. If you're a Happy Valley fan, you know who she is. Wonderful actress. It also... David Hyde Pierce plays uh, Julia Child's husband, Paul. And his performance is absolutely beautiful and i feel like sometimes the co-stars get left out but it is it's a beautiful story because it's also about a woman who's in her 50s who feels like maybe she's done but she's got a lot more gas in the tank even though she's a little older and i'm sure that i like it more because i'm older i'm over 50 and I like seeing those types of stories that it's an affirmation. It's also kind of aspirational as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, anyway, Julia is streaming on max as ke- is the Gilded Age. Are you keeping up with um, lessons in chemistry? I am. I am at the, oh, this week's episode is a jarring episode. Uh, yeah. What's the and name? Of, I can't. I just the name of the actor. Just, Lewis Pullman. He is so good. As Calvin. He's so good. He's wonderful. He is like amazing, which is which is a little bit of a problem because of yeah, but what don't happens worry, after the second. But don't worry second. because he is still part of the story. That's ah, all I'm going to tell okay, you. Okay, that's good to know. And can we also give a little canine shout out to the dog on the show? The, the dog is named 630. You I mean don't know. the murderer dog? Oh, Andy. <laughs> Andy. I'm just kidding. The poor dog didn't mean to lead his owner out in front of a bus. <laughs> It was an accident. Spoiler alert. The dog feels very bad. <laughs> Do not blame 630. <laughs> Justice for 630. No, he's a very sweet dog and he oh, feels no, very less, bad. Let me tell you, Lessons in Chemistry, it's very beautiful. And even though watching the visual story takes different turns than the book, it's done very, very well. Yeah. I, I, think, it's, I think they did a really good job mapping things out. And just a shout out to Brie Larson as well, who gives a really beautiful shaded performance and who, who understood the assignment. Yeah, that's a good In way the parlance of the book, she understood the assignment. So <laughs> nice. she's absolutely terrific. That's on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, I was also watching some screeners for Showtime's upcoming Fellow Travelers, starring Matt Bomer and Jonathan Bailey from Bridgerton. Oh my gosh, yeah. 
Um, and this is a, we'll talk uh, closer to when that's going to premiere, which is also October 29th. Um, but it's uh, set in the 50s. And it's when McCarthy, when the McCarthy hearings were taking oh. place. And Matt Bomer, the, both, both of the guys work in government and they meet. And they're both gay, but of course no one can know. Right. The love that dare not speak its name yeah. at that time. Yeah. So I think you'll really dig this okay. one. Okay. Um, I've still been staying uh, up to date with Frasier, the new Frasier. And I just want to point out, Joe Adalian wrote uh, a good uh, post for Vulture about Frasier and about how Paramount Plus should really be airing episodes on CBS. I've read that and I was like, why are they not doing that? It's, it's... You would think they, that would be like a no-brainer. Yeah. So I don't know why they're not doing it because he also pointed out that the version of Frasier we're seeing now, it's not done specifically for streaming. The language is perfectly network-friendly. Oh. Everything that happens, perfectly network-friendly. Time, I think they're even cutting to time. I don't think they'd have to cut much. Huh. I, I have to look at that specifically. because okay. that could I mean, be an issue. But. They might have to do a little bit of, of editing or fine-tuning, but uh, that is definitely something they should do, and Joe points out they can't really get a mass audience if it's only going to stream on Paramount+. Plus. Right, right. Because Paramount+, Plus is still trying to still build growing. up steam. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. It's, yeah, And believe me, we're going to see a lot of contraction, as you were saying earlier, it's just the the prices are rising across the board, and yes. people are going to have to start cutting. I mean, can, I just can don't. Can all of these there's services There's too much economic survive. uncertainty right now. I don't think anybody's like, sure, I'll just take a price increase after price increase. Exactly. There is a limit. There, oh, definitely. I've definitely talked to friends who are like, oh, nope, I can do without that. Yeah, so. and you have to like cancel and resubscribe. I think Netflix is is like taking advantage of its position as kind of like the oh, biggest. They're the gorilla. They're the gorilla. So they think people will kind of stick with them no matter what. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Interesting. Interesting times. Um, just a reminder about some premieres now. Um, Neon premiered on Netflix. It's an eight-episode comedy. This looks really fun. I'm going to watch this. I've got to watch this, too. Three best friends who go to Miami to make it big in the reggaeton world. There's a world I know nothing about, but (laughs) I love music stories. So that's now streaming on Netflix. Um, October, Andy, what date? What's the date today? Today is, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Today's the 20th. Today's the 20th. Hi, everyone. Today's October 20th. Um, Upload season three. Uh, is uh, streaming on Prime Video, and if you have forgotten, that is the series starring Robbie Amell uh, from from uh, creator Greg Daniels of The Office fame and King of the Hill, and I find the show terribly charming. So I'm looking forward to it. They also get some really good guest actors, um, and this is the third season, which I think got delayed a little bit, but that is on Prime Video. There's also a new show called Surviving Paradise, uh, a competition show over on Netflix, which definitely has a survivor element, that's for sure. But I have not, I did not watch, uh, I did not get to the screeners of that. So bad me, didn't do that (laughs) part of my homework. Uh, Coming up on October 25 on Netflix, Life on Our Planet, which I'm assuming sounds very Nat Geo to me. Yes, it sure does. Um, October 25th, for, for my fellow Bravo fans, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills returns um, over on Bravo. And I think a lot of the storyline, of course, for Kyle Richards is going to be this business with her marriage. And it's going to be Kyle like trying not to talk about it. And is she a lesbian now? Does she have like a no, girlfriend? she hangs out with this country singer, Morgan okay. Wade. 
And I think she does it more to bait <laughs> than anything else. Okay. Here's the thing about Kyle Richards. She's a very bad producer. Ooh. She wants to be a producer on her own, on this show. She's not a good producer, though. Oh, shoot. Okay. And you want to say to her, no, 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 no. Just show up. Yeah. That's what we're paying you for. Yes. Just show up. But if you don't watch, so believe me, for several seasons now, you can see Kyle trying to orchestrate things, and you want to go, babe, no, not your job. Yeah. Don't try to do it. You're not like good if, at it. And if you can see her doing it, then she's not doing it well. It's, you know, it's like. And the person who is good at it, Lisa Vanderpump, has yeah. gone on to executive produce Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. And, you know, other that woman knows how to do it, but she didn't try to do it when she was a real housewife because that wasn't her job. Right. <laughs> oh, I love Lisa. Don't you love when I go off on a rant, Andy? You know, I can always, like, especially if it's Beverly Hills housewives, I can always listen to a rant about them. Well, I got plenty more. Plenty more where that's <laughs> coming from. So, um, anyway. Oh, oh, here we go. The Huluween event that I, we were talking about earlier is October 26th. Uh, on Hulu, and I think they're doing one special episode uh, a week. And then again on October 29th, The Gilded Age returns on Max, uh, or HBO, and then streams on Max. And then on October 29th, Fellow Travelers premieres on Showtime and will stream. Uh, uh, it streams a little bit early on Paramount Plus if you want to uh, get an early preview of that. Andy, what else you got? What else? Uh, what else should we be pay- are we paying attention to? I can't even remember. Oh gosh! I mean, for anybody that that is a subscriber of Mubi, the the M U B I the app that I've the, been yeah. kind of talking about, they have a really they just added it's it's a movie from 2016 called The Love Witch, um, that looks like it's filmed in like the 60s. It's like Technicolor, super saturated colors Ooh. and it's um the actress's name is samantha robinson who's and she's just stunningly beautiful and she plays this witch who's moved into a new town and she's trying to you know like make potions to have the men fall in love with her and it's it's very <laughs> it's just another kind of fun gothic campy um just i don't know witchy extravaganza um, but it's just gorgeous to look at because of how it's filmed. If you're in the mood, I mean, other than movies like Hocus Pocus, which is always a Halloween Oh, yeah. Favorite, I've already and, watched that this And month. Hocus Pocus too. Yeah. But, you know, if you have like Turner Classic movies, I Married a Witch starring Veronica Lake. Oh, fun. Anytime you can watch Veronica Lake on screen, it's a good day because <laughs> she's wonderful. Um but I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't know that I've been looking for more uh, things to scare me because world events are doing a really good job of that. <laughs> God, oh no, I know it's so true. Anyway, we're going to wrap things up here. I think we, I think this has gone on long enough. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week, uh, feel free uh, hit us up on our Facebook page at What's the Hook. Uh, I'm at the Surf Report. Andy is at Seriously Andy on Instagram. Slide into our DMs and tell us what's on your mind, and we'll talk to you soon.